Welcome back to the Swirl Suite, everybody. So this episode, man, I have to say this is a really special episode for me. Um, Erica Davis, CEO of The Sip, is our special guest. The Sip is a sparkling wine subscription service. So in 2020, Erica Davis and her co-founder, Catherine Carter, they were trying to figure out a way to discover new wines without buying the entire bottle. A light bulb went off and they created The Sip, which is a subscription service for specifically sparkling wine. And in the box, you'll get three half bottles of sparkling wines. From there, you may receive a credit to buy a full bottle of a wine that you really like. So she explains all of that to us. But the best part of this episode is when she gets completely transparent about how hard running a successful business really is, especially as a black woman and the pressure that she's under. So if you haven't already, subscribe to The Swirl Suite wherever you are listening to this very episode. Be sure to follow us on social media at Swirl Suite. Enjoy. Cheers. Welcome to the Swell Suite, everybody. Happy Monday. Hey, Leslie, how are you? Welcome, welcome, everyone. I am good. How was your weekend? I was good. I actually didn't do much. I had no plans, which was nice. Really, Serena? Are you feeling okay? Oh, I'm I'm fine. I am fine. You know I'm fine. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Just no, good. How was your weekend? Did you have a bunch of tours? We did. We did. You know, believe it or not, a lot of people think like the summer is our busy season, but it's the fall. It's the fall. It's the fall. It's definitely the fall. And rolling into that is uh, it starts, it, it's picking up now. Now, why do you think that is? I know why we go to wineries in the fall. It's very specific for us as wine professionals. But why do you think your customers choose that season? Um, well, I think Maryland itself is a beautiful backdrop in the fall. I think it's one of the picturesque states with the leaves changing and everything. And um, Maryland is centrally located for a lot of people. So we'll get people from New York, New Jersey coming down. And, you know, then there's like homecoming and people went to school in this area and then go out. And so surprisingly a lot of people just convene in the state at that time of year so it's it's odd so um me and my husband are celebrating uh 10 years of marriage believe it or not <laughs> praise the lord you're exactly gotcha. <laughs> but uh we were looking um he's never been to la so we're going to la in september our anniversary is in october we were going to go in october however the tickets shoot up in the fall, like the thick of fall, like October. Mm-hmm. So we had to choose the September date. So I feel like all the wine lovers love going to wineries around harvest just to yeah. be around that energy. You know what I mean? I, and you know, what's funny too, is because with COVID, a lot of places have cut back on what people can see. And I don't know if they maintain that position because of their own internal COVID rules or it's just less that they have to deal with quite honestly so I've heard good and bad from customers where you know they expect to see that and they don't they're not always privy to that behind the scene um view so it'll be interesting it's interesting 
I get that. So speaking of California, our special guest today, Erica Davis, is a California native. Hey, Erica. Hello. What part I'm, of California are you from? I'm from Oakland, so I'm from the Bay Area. Oh, oh you live like all the Black wine family out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Big, big, nice bunch, I would say. Yeah. So, Erica, for those who do not know you, please introduce yourself to everybody. Well, hello, I'm Erica Davis. I am the CEO and one of the co-founders of The Sip. So we are a discovery platform for all things sparkling wine and champagne. Um, Most known for our subscription, but we also do a lot of direct-to-consumer and sell full-size bottles. But the goal of The Sip is really to harness the ability for women to take back the power of like owning their palate and instead of being told what they like, figuring it out for themselves. And we facilitate that happy, happy moment. So like I mentioned before we started recording, I've watched all of y'all's interviews and read all the articles. And you told the story a thousand times, but of course we like to hear it. Um, how did you get started? What gave you the idea for the SIP? You and Catherine, your partner. Yeah, so that's that's twofold, right? So for me personally, like I am a merchant by trade, so I like to tell stories. And so right after college, I was actually a merchant. So I'll skip like all the the details if you want to get into that part, we can too. But I basically went to GAP, which is their rotational program to learn a lot about um, just holistically retail and in this global um economy and just running a million dollar business. And so I did that from a corporate corporate standpoint for a little bit, three or four years. And then I pivoted over to tech where I learned a lot of different things and we can get into that. And essentially the last startup I was with actually was acquired. And I knew during that time I wanted to start my own business. And so Catherine and I had a girl's night. So we've known each other since college. Uh, we're both in the same sorority and we literally have been best friends ever since we met. And on my 23rd birthday, my mom actually took me and Catherine and a couple of my other friends to Shandon. And at the time, you know, I kind of thought sparkling wine is like old people drink, to be honest. So like, I know, I know. I was 23 though. Come what? on. Why? So my mom, you know, like a lot of people. That was my question. Why? <laughs> so, a lot, so it's my mom and my grandmother's choice of drink. So they oh. would have it. And, you know, like when you're in college, you're Tito's and vodka and you, you're, you're, you just like drink for a different purpose. Right. And so I just got out of college. I think I was like two years out of college and my mom would have like a glass of champagne like every Friday to like chill out. And so I just kind of just though it just to me, it was synonymous with my mom and my grandmother. And I had never seen a brand that really spoke to someone young. And I always had this thought process that I had to like be a wine expert or like you had to have this refined palate to understand it. Or more importantly, you just had to have money to enjoy it. And so at 23 to us, like, you know, $50 was a lot to spend on anything. And so I needed to know that I liked it. And so she took us to Shandon and that was like my aha moment for bubbles. It's like, I went there and the vibe just spoke to us. Like it was made and it, we didn't feel talked down to, we, we felt welcomed. Um, it was the first time I had learned what the word dosage meant. Um, and we just met like a really cool, um, 
I think she was like a barback. She wasn't even a psalm that would just explain to us in real talk. Like, if you like this, try this. There was no assumptions. It just felt cool and modern and for us. And we actually um, did a subscription and then we went through the whole catalog. And then we found ourselves like, you know, as you get into a job, you get more money, start experiencing. And so we would go in on bottles. And what we started finding out is like our palettes, while they were so different, we had a lot of overlap and we really couldn't understand what or why. There was no go-to spot that told me like, you love this bottle because this is why. And so we tried to find that. And when we couldn't, we actually started the sip because of that. Wow. Okay. So years later. (laughs) (laughs) So years later. So what was that moment when you, when you both realized, oh, we, we should do something about this. Um, We, there's a lot we don't know, but we, we can grow together and figure out what we need to do. Like, what was that like for y'all? So I was in tech. I had just came from maternity leave from having my daughter. Actually, I think I was still on maternity leave because I'm crazy like that. Um, (laughs) And like, I'm so type A and I'm so busy. And like maternity leave for me was I had a lot of free time because a lot of people were going to give me crap about it, but I did. I just felt like I had like, all I did was literally watch a baby sleep or breastfeed. And so I was constantly trying to fill my time mm-hmm. while I was doing those things with like something productive to make me feel like I wasn't going crazy because I was only talking to a baby all day. And so um, Catherine and I would still have our, like, you know, our girls nights. And as a, a token of her gratitude of me coming into motherhood, she actually took me back to Shandon where it all started for us. Oh, how cute. Right. And so we had, it was my first trip, like, after having my daughter, my first wine, because I was freaking out about everything with breastfeeding. Um, and I would told her, I was like, I've been thinking about this idea because I was in tech. We are getting, um, and we, her and I had been thinking about ideas of businesses. Believe it or not, we had another idea. It was like a nail subscription service. Don't get me started. Wait, back, wait, wait, wait. Right, right. <laughs> you, so you get the like nail yeah, kits. And, <laughs> wait, you have to explain that you get nail kits or something in the box. So we never got that far, but we knew we wanted to do a business together. And we loved getting our, like one other thing that we do got a lot was Sundays get manicures and pedicures. And sometimes we do it ourselves. We were like, what if we did a subscription? And what if it was like, this we were actually ahead of the game because like we were thinking about doing pop-ons like bringing back the old school but we just didn't it wasn't our passion it wasn't something that I was actively trying to solve so it kind of just fell flat but we always kept it in the back of our head that we knew we wanted to do a business together um skip back to what I did at tech right so I started as a merchant but I've done everything from the director of merchandising to strategic I worked really closely with our products teams our engineering teams and more importantly that's actually parallel to what I'm doing now is I ran all of our subscriptions so it was a bi-monthly subscription and there was a monthly subscription so I knew the inner workings of renewals and like what that means for that customer um and so I knew I wanted to do something with that so that's how we came up on the SIP And so we were at that moment, we were drinking. And then I think we had another girls night. We were like, I was like, this is the idea that I'm thinking about. I haven't like figured it out a hundred percent just yet, but let's keep it going. And I think we had another girls night and I was in BevMo trying to buy a bottle of wine. And I think it was the Laurent Perrier, which is still my favorite to this point, the Rosé Cuvée. 
And I was like, this is a $95 bottle. I just want to take a sip before I spend this. <laughs> and it was just like, aha moment. Uh. And the ball just started rolling. Like my husband had said something around like the Louis 13. I, I always get the name wrong. I don't know if that the whiskey. And he was like, I just want to take a sip of that. That's like a hundred dollars. Like that's amazing. And there's just all these people in our lives that then started talking about how they also have a discovery issue, not just when it comes to sparkling wine, but just like spirits and things in general. And then we really started doing research. And I'm sure you women know this, like, especially as black women, you get into these spaces and there's all of these stereotypes or assumptions about your palate, you know, and it really didn't resonate with mine. I don't prefer sweet wine always, you know, um, and Catherine actually does, but that's okay. Right. And so like, for us, it was like around making people feel confident and comfortable with either understanding their palate or not understanding their palate and being having it real talk and that's all we and that's what excited us so much about that trip to Shandon and so that's what we try to do in every single box and every single package just make it like a safe zone and a safe zone that you can just celebrate judgment free we want you to feel like you're with your girlfriends and just chopping it up like that is the spirit of the set I I love that concept Erica and I love the fact like one of my favorite wine bars is in New Orleans and it's because you can get a sip of a $200 bottle of wine you know what I mean and so I love the fact and I'm, I, I was so fascinated when I saw your site a while ago how you're able to provide you know those um, sample sizes actually a little larger than sample sizes to people so that they could enjoy them without feeling guilty if they didn't like it. And then they're like, oh my God, I just spent a hundred dollars on this bottle. I'm just going to drink it anyhow. So I, I applaud you guys for that being innovative. The question that I had is the concept is great, but how did you feel confident that in a field that's really saturated with a lot of wine subscriptions, not just from distributors, but also from vineyards that you'd be able to stand out? So one is no one's actually doing what we're doing. And that's why I did it. So while there's a ton of wine, still wine subscriptions at the by the glass, there's actually no one doing what we're doing for sparkling wine specifically. Um, and I felt confident because it was a true problem for myself, right? And I think when most people go to do businesses, I think sometimes we like, or shouldn't speak for other people, but what I've seen is that people are trying to solve problems that actually don't directly impact them. And when that happens to me, you're not passionate about it because you don't really truly understand the problem. And so for us, we understood it. Um, we did a lot of research though. So I'm, I don't want people to think that like we just had this idea and then we decided to just go for it and do it. We did a a ton of surveys. We surveyed all our friends. We surveyed people outside of Shandong, got kicked out. Um, we surveyed people at Mom's. Like we went to the spaces to see if this was something that people would actually do. And then we put an MVP together, which is the most viable product for people who don't know, um, and just saw if people would purchase, to be honest. And instantly we got our think when we first opened, we did a countdown and we had people on the waiting list. We had like over a thousand people on our waiting list the first week. 
And so that kind of was a, a signal that like we had something there, you know? So when you are a merchant and you studied um, the business of different products and businesses, um, was it concerning that you were working with alcohol, which is a whole nother beast? No. And the reason why is because I've done a ton of different types of merchandising. So I started with, and then you started realizing that honestly, it's all kind of very, very similar. And so I started with apparel and that's when I was at Gap and Banana and Old Navy. And then I pivoted to tech and that specific space was actually DIY. So completely different. So I worked with like influencers on Pinterest. And then we actually, as a company, pivoted to beauty. So at that point, I had done apparel. I had done accessories or DIY and I've done beauty. And so you start seeing patterns with how commerce works and like direct to consumer sales for the most part are very, very similar. It's about finding the nuances or the, the pillars that actually like speak to the consumer. Um, but no, I probably should have been, but I feel like sometimes that naivete just works in your favor that like you can do it. My mom's an entrepreneur. My grandmother was an entrepreneur. And so for me, it was just about like, listen, if this doesn't work, we'll figure out something else. And just not having that mindset that like you don't belong or you can't do it because you don't see someone else doing it. It's like, somebody has got to be the first. Why not me? That's bomb. I love that. So tell us how the subscription works. Yes. So it is. So I'll tell you how the SIP works. Okay. Because I feel like people get a little confused too. So by nature, we are just a discovery platform for all things sparkling wine. We like to say like we are a gift platform for sparkling wine. So whether you're gifting to yourself with our bi-monthly subscription, so it works, you get the box every other month, you get two to three bottles, a SIP guide, and then $10 towards a full-size bottle if you love what's in your box. Um, we ship out January, March, May, you get it. So every other month, everybody gets their box at the same time. The goal of the subscription is really to give you high and mid-tier, high quality, right? Mid-tier by price point, wines all together. We talk about different dosages. We go to different regions. And it's really to allow people to discover different types of sparkling wines from different regions to help them refine their palate or just to understand their palate, Right. Um, you get to rate and review each of the bottles in your box. And then if you love it, you use your $10 rewards towards a full-size bottle to upgrade. Um, if you are an annual member, so you can do bi-monthly or annual. The difference of that is just how you pay. So if you're a bi-monthly member, that is someone who just wants to be in a relationship with us, but not a marriage, but that's okay. Um, and you pay as you go, right? And so... If you are annual, that means you are committed, you are full force, we are engaged, married, whatever you want to call it. You purchase all six boxes up front. And what comes with that is an instant discount of $30, $5 off each box. And you get to customize all of your boxes. So on top of the three bottles that come in the box, the sip guide that's super comprehensive, that tells you your flavor note profiles, gives you cocktail recipes, you also get a gift and that enhances it. So for our September box, for example, it is, we call it the summer's hottest trends. It's champagne and sparkling bubbles on ice. So you will get um, a bottle from the customization is Luke Belair. So whether or not you want their rosé or their white on ice and then above the Renee and then Chandon's Aperol garden spritz, which is like an Aperol spritz cocktail, if you will. And then a really, really cute ice cream, um, ice maker and an orange slice. So it comes with a ton of stuff to like create the cocktail, create the experience, because for us, 
sparkling wine is not just the wine, it's the entire celebration of it. Um, and then we sell one-time boxes that are in our curated box section, which most people use to gift to others and or themselves, but they're gifting for like birthdays, anniversaries. Um, a lot of corporate sponsors people actually gift to their employees or sales executives are gifting to leads. Um, it's holistic. And then we also have full-size bottles of everything that comes in the boxes because the goal is from beginning to end discovery. So you can sip and then if you love it, buy the full-size bottle. That was a lot. Hopefully. Uh, I- no, thank you for that. <laughs> that was awesome. That's great. Hey, Glennis, how are you? Hey, Glennis. Hello, everyone. Sorry for the tardiness. I got stuck in traffic, so I'm actually in a parking lot now. So, no problem. No problem. Sitting in the car. <laughs> <laughs> so, Erica, I saw in one of your interviews that um, you guys had your first corporate order, and there was a story behind that. I know with a lot of small businesses, especially if they're minority businesses, scaling up is an issue. It can be a big challenge. Um, how do you? How did you guys handle that uh, big order? So I'll give you a funny story and then I'll answer it. Our first, oh, like a two bit funny story. Our first shipment was 30 boxes. It took us eight hours to pack it. And we were like, this is ridiculous. Eight hours to pack 30 boxes. Cause we like wanted to do all these intricate things and have like, I had gotten like special wrapping paper for each gift and wrap the gift. It was a hot mess. And so then we realized, okay, we need to have efficiency. So like we started like pre-packing and doing things like that, but that order came and it made us be, sorry guys, sorry, I turned off my phone, um, super creative. And so we got the order. It was from Google. They had ordered over a thousand boxes. We had the boxes. We didn't have the bottles yet, um, but we were like, okay, we're going to figure this out. And so it was just like, we planned it out. We got the time. We did it in like, we also on, on side of just shipping the thousand boxes, we actually worked with another black owned brand um, called wine Spencers, who does like wine tastings virtual because Catherine and I aren't songs. We didn't go to school for it. So we wanted them to have a proper tasting. And so we organized that. It was overwhelming at first, but we did it almost so effortlessly because we tried to make efficiencies from that first time that it actually worked out really, really great. We got the boxes in everybody's hand. We actually didn't have any return to senders, which was like our biggest thing that we were fearing about, but it was more about prepping for it. So we had the discussion, we ordered the bottles, talked to the brands, worked with another brand and just tried to partner and learn. And I think that like, For us, that's the biggest key to it is like in our partnerships, while we come to the table as like experts in our own areas, we view it as always like a learning moment. And so we've asked them before, like, well, what have you guys done before to help organize? Like, what are those best practices? Like, how do you like to get those things versus like trying to pretend like we knew all the answers, you know, which a lot of people tend to do because you get in this mindset, like if you're not the expert, like they're not going to reorder from you. But I think the collaboration that we had with Google that first time around helped us with so many other orders because then we documented the process. We we documented the things more importantly that didn't work. And then we tried to find efficiencies for the next time. And so like, for me, I personally think I learned more from my failures than from the things that I do correct the first time. So it was important to like, really be honest with ourselves and say like, well, what did we not do so great? And how can we do it better next time? And so it was, 
it wasn't as awful as we thought. We got it. We got excited. And then instantly we were like, ooh, that's a lot. How are we going to do that? Um, but it, you, we just did one thing at a time, honestly. And that's what helped. And that's what keeps me not stressed. Well, I'm still stressed. But like, that's what keeps me less stressed. It's like trying to be like, okay, I can't do everything. I can't solve all these problems. This is out of my control. I have an hour to cry about it. And then I got to get back to it. And that's what I allow myself as I'm not an emotional, overly emotional person, but I've in my journey of being a CEO, I've had to realize that like, it's okay for me to cry. It's okay for me to be stressed, but I got to do it and then put my big girl panties on and get back to it. And like, that's it. Like nobody else is going to do it. So. Yeah, no, I totally get that. So like right now, like what is the biggest challenge that you guys have? I think our biggest challenge right now is just figuring out like staffing and like where to put people and what's the right person for each role, because we had been doing all these little hybrid roles. Right. And so now growing, making sure that we have people in the right space, the right person in the right space. Um, and then also figuring out like what our next big move is. Um, one of my biggest goals for the end of this year is to really start fostering an ecosystem within the Bay Area amongst Black women in food and wine industry. And so I've started having a ton of conversations. And for me, that biggest challenge is where to start, because there's so many opportunities and so many things that are missing for us that like, I want to be able to have, I want to think that I leave the space better than I came into it. And so like, that's one of my biggest challenges is figuring out like where to start with everybody I'm talking about. Cause there's everybody has everybody. When I talk to anybody and everybody in the food and wine space, there's so many different challenges. It's like, well, what's going to be the most impactful if we start this ecosystem to help us all prosper. Um, so that's one of my biggest challenges and one of my biggest goals personally and professionally right now. So Erica, um, as a CEO, are you having fun? No. <laughs> Thank you for that honest answer. That's very honest. Thank, I'm, Thank not, I'm trying, but I'm not. It's, it's, I will say I've never felt this immense amount of pressure. Most some put on myself, but also like, if I can be super transparent, I had a conversation with someone the other day and I said, you know, being black in America is one thing. There's things that you, you, you know, it's coming. You, you know what I mean? Like I've gone to private school my, my whole life. So I was always kind of used to being the only one, but being in this space and being in this position, I've never had to really think so much about what I look like, just being a woman, a mom, a black woman in this space or not being taken seriously because people often think I'm younger than I am. Um, and so it's just like, there's so many hurdles. And I was like, I'm a pretty confident person, but I have never had to like boast my, boost myself up so much to be like, no, you got this. Like I see it. And like, that's the part that's like the mo the hardest for me. It's like, I've never had to actively just think about being Black every single freaking day. Every, like, every day. 
And I don't think people realize like how much those microaggressions really like get to you so much. And at this point in my career, it's like in this moment, in this season, for me, it's intensified. Um, not saying that that's the entire two, three years that we've been, you know, open, but just in this season of the SIP and my professionalism, I'm feeling it a little more than I did before. And so the answer would be no for that reason. I am, however, enjoying the fact that I get to do this with my best friend and we are still best friends and we still have a close relationship and we've gone through trials and tribulations during this process, but it's been amazing to have two women, not just my best friend, but also our head of marketing have my back. We're all mothers. We're all struggling with very similar things. We all have young kids under my child's the oldest and she's four. Um, and so having that support, it might not be fun, but it makes it worth it. And then to see that people love you and support you and are there for you and been through this struggle the whole three years, it's, it's a blessing. And like, so that, like, we just had like a really good conversation just about this last week. Like, and I just had to say like, thank you, because I know I get crazy. I know I get stressed. Um, but like you guys have been there. And like, we need to walk into the, the rest of this year and to next year with thinking that everybody has good intentions and just being kind. Like, that's our new model is like, think with best intentions and just think with kindness, which is not always what always happens. It's not always what happens, but we want it to happen more. Thank you. Because um, a lot of people look at owning a business as like, oh, wow, you know, you work when you want to bullshit and um like you just have money coming out your wazoo mm -hmm. and and it, this is so much better than working for the man which I'm not saying it's not but thank you for painting a picture on for all those people who are like I want to step out there and do it myself you're welcome yeah in one of your interviews um I think your partner Catherine said um, you know, people want to quit their eight hour jobs for this, but this is beyond an eight hour job. It's mm -hmm. much bigger than that. We think about it 24 seven. And even when you don't want to think about it, you do because it's your baby. It's, it's my, it's my second child, you know? And so I want to see it. I want to see it be successful. And then I have people who I have to answer to regardless if they think I'm answering to them or not, but we have employees. You want to make sure that they're their families are kept. Um, so it's a different type of level of responsibility that I think is an amazing one. I have an immense amount of respect for so many people who've done it before me because it's a hard job. Like I just went to Napa for my fifth year anniversary with my husband and I couldn't stop thinking about work. <laughs> We're at the pool. I'm like still checking emails. Um, and he, he, he's so supportive and so sweet and he's just like ignores it but like I try to give myself little moments like I've been taking at least Sundays and making them family days and trying to only check my email twice because I'm being realistic with myself um but I just decided like this last couple of weeks to be honest like, I've been so stressed that like I can't do it all and I can't be everywhere and I can't control everything. So focus on what you can control, focus on what you can do, try to be more positive and just keep it pushing because we're going, we're going to do it. 
we just don't know exactly how yet well said well said um before we get to our fun part um i wanted you to talk about take a sip give a sip yes this is Catherine's baby um but when we started doing the sip so we're both from oakland um and for us it was super important like we both went to private school but there's still so many other moments in our life that oakland has given so much to us and i think that this is an incredible city and there's so much culture here that gets lost upon people we wanted to make sure that we were able to give back from the jump and so before we put pen to paper before we decided exactly what the sip was going to be we knew we wanted to have a philanthropic core um something where it was like we're successful oakland is going to be successful too and so what we did was do take a sip, give a sip. So what we do in take a sip, give a sip is we give 16 ounces of clean water or drinking water to an organization in Oakland called EOCP. It's the East Oakland Community Project. Um, and what they do is very parallel to how we think about our customers is they think about the individual, right? And so they think about equity of life and not equal. So they take the individual and they give them what they need to get back on their feet. And so with the SIP, it's very parallel. Like we think about your individual palette. And so it was like, okay, this is a match made in heaven. And so we have donated almost 6,000 gallons of water to EOCP. Um, and a lot of people are like, I, I think I had this weird question like, oh, I didn't know Oakland was in need of water. And I was like, well, it's not about that. It's like in most organizations and homeless organizations, water and socks. And I think one other thing are like the top things that people need. Um, and something so fundamental, like a lot of families don't have access to. And in Oakland, there's a ton of encampments. I don't know if you guys know a lot about it, but the price of living here is ridiculous. Um, I think they said that even if you make $125,000, you are still considered poor here. It is ridiculous. Um, and so you have people on the street in these encampments who actually have full-time jobs trying to figure out how to get in an apartment. And so for us, it's like, what can we do to give back? And so that's our thing. And then on top of take a sip, give a sip, we are now like trying to bridge that into influencers in the space and matching them back with brands that we work with, um, telling, teaching them how to monetize their talents, which is something that I've done, um, and then highlighting black and brown and women-owned products or brands, sorry, in our boxes as well. Yeah, you guys are busy. That's that's fantastic, <laughs> though. <laughs> Thank you. That that's one doesn't. Great. We wish we did more, but like, yeah, yeah, that one I'm so proud of. Like, we always get super excited when we're we're able to do that delivery. Okay, Erica, we have a little game for you, and it's called Sparkling and a Song. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to name a type of event, and you tell me what you would drink and maybe a song that pairs with that. Okay. So the first one is brunch with the girls. Okay, so I have two answers for this. Um, if we keep it classy, then it's friends with Beyonce and Jay-Z, and we're going to probably drink some Wachira Demisec. Um, Wachira is a winery here in Alameda. It's Black-owned. Um, Dr. Wich Chris Wachira from Kenya is the first Kenyan American, I think, um, who owns a winery out here. So there's that. If we're in party mode slash racha, um, we're probably going to drink or we're going to be listening to New Oakland 
um, by Mr. Fab, and we're going to be drinking his favorite, which is Moe and Shandon's um, Imperial Nectar Rosé. It's actually really sweet, but good on ice with the dilute. it. I love it. I love it. Okay, next one, date night. Oh, this is this is easy. Uh, my husband drinks one sparkling wine, so it'll be that. Uh, so it's Cater to You by Destiny's Child. Starting to see a little pattern. We love me some Beyonce. Well, who um, doesn't? And then Shandon Sparkling Red, because that's his favorite. Nice. That's a nice selection. I forgot about Cater to You. I don't know how I forget about this song. Okay. By the pool. Um, so <laughs> put it down by Jasmine Sullivan. <laughs> we're gonna be listening to some Buckley. We're gonna be drinking some Buckley Corish. Oh shit, I love it. I love it. Okay. Um, beating your first sales record. Um, Poet Up, Poet Up by Rihanna. Uh, we're gonna be drinking Laurent Perrier Rose Cuvée. That's my favorite and Catherine's favorite. Very nice. Last one on a Friday. Oh, 7-Eleven Beyonce. And then we're going to be drinking, which is, wow, one of my favorites, Lapine's um, Brut Cuvée. And Lapine is um, owned by Nicole, who is one of the only, if not the only, Black-owned European champagne brands. It's woman-owned. And it's called Lapine. I don't know that one. I'll send it to you. She just started importing into the States, I think a year ago. Okay. And had like a brute and a, a brute white and a brute rose. Very nice. She's the rabbit. Isn't she mm-hmm. the rabbit? Mm-hmm. 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 Rusty rabbit. Yep. Yes. Nice. She'll also yeah, this be was awesome. Wait, that say was, that again. That was fun. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this was awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, ladies. Of course. Uh, before you go, so everybody, where they can follow The Sip? Go to www.thesip.com. Um, we also have a promotion going on today, or I don't know when this is going to, when is this going to? In like two weeks. Okay, then never mind. Go to thesip.com. Can I do it over? <laughs> It's fine. It's fine. Well, we have a daily promotion, but we have a 40% off promotion, VIP 40. Um, so if you go there, you get 40% off your first box if you become a bi-monthly member. And then um, since you are doing it in two weeks, we have our bubbles on ice box. But you go to www.thesip.com. It's pretty, pretty easy. Yay. Or you can follow us on Instagram at the official sip society. There you go. Awesome. Leslie, any announcements before we log off? Glennis, any announcements? I actually have one this week. Okay. So we are doing a preview of our September uh, wine club selection. And it is called Nobility because we're focusing only on the noble grapes. So, Oh, I love it. We have a happy hour, a virtual happy hour where we will be giving away stuff, but uh, we wanted people to see the selection on September 7th. So go to um, shadesofvino.com and you can find out more information. Thank you. Awesome. Glennis, anything before we go? 
No, nothing for me. Just getting back off travel. So I have been trying to get my work life back together again. So thank gotcha. you, Erica. And I'm sorry I wasn't here to um, hear you in the beginning, but we appreciate you being a guest on the Swirl Suite. Awesome. Well, that's a wrap. Thanks for joining the Swirl Suite. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button, leave us five stars, and leave us a comment. We love ratings. Also, be sure to follow all of us on social media. Myself at Buy Me Up, Glennis at Vino Noir, Girl Meets Glass is Tanisha, Vino301 is Leslie, and you can follow the Swirl Suite podcast account at Swirl Suite. The Swirl Suite is now a part of the Alive Podcast Network. This episode has been edited and produced by Vime Me Up Media.